This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today, those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige, and engineering. First. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello and welcome to the world's best construction podcast. This episode is sponsored by Bluebeam. I'm your host, Fred, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts, Luke Bly and Liam Marsh. Coming to Luke first this week. How you been, mate? How's it been going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. A bit like Liam, I've been in uh, renovation city, you know, doing all boring stuff, painting, getting radiators fixed and fitted. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much been my standard life at the moment. But uh, I was on YouTube the other day, right? And I know, Fred, you know, don't worry. I uh, I was watching another YouTuber, but it's nothing to worry about. I was watching our favorite Casey Neistat. He posted a video. At first, I thought it was like clickbait or something. He posted a video about New York like flooding. I was yeah. like, okay. And watched, watched a bit of that. And then I saw actually a headline come through on my phone about New York, like from Apple News, like New York flooding. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of... Kind of slipped me by a little bit, like in, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty bad in a lot of New York, and this is something we've been talking about once or twice in the past year, wasn't it? Like how actually Manhattan isn't that far above, or parts of Manhattan on that far above sea level, are they? No, and they're um, working on loads of flood resiliency programs, but like like much of New York infrastructure, it just takes a very long time to get these things approved and built, and they need mm. it like today as you saw like quite literally on the news those pictures of flooding are shocking it was a flash flood i think happened really quickly yeah we're talking water level you know over car doors people wading up to their waist subway stations submerged like it's not the first time it's happened it happens a lot in new york you know floods, yeah. floods often, especially lower manhattan well it's well, a little bit sobering you know and it makes you think like i wonder when that's going to happen in like london next or sydney or you know i know manhattan's more vulnerable for that sort of thing so Sorry, Liam, what were you going to say, mate? Uh, I was just going to say, what um, are some of the things they're trying to put in place, Fred? Uh, so they've got that battery park rebuild where they're basically going to raise the height of the park and put a sort of gentle seawall in place. Uh, that's the main one they're trying to get ahead with at the minute. Then there's the talk of that um, bigger, well, bigger kind of seawall across the entrance to the New York Harbour area. Um, they talk about flood mitigation measures. There's, there's lots of things they're kicking around, but they need to act quickly on it. And I think this is this is going to be quite interesting in the years ahead. Like as the climate makes itself a lot more felt on the streets of New York and in our cities, when's it going to dawn on us that we need to actually seriously start addressing this and not keep living life the way we have? Mm. Anyway, I'm getting getting into climate change debate mm. there, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How you been, Liam? How's your week been? I'm good, mate. Life is pretty good over here. It's super hot, actually. It's 36 degrees today. 
Ooh. Koch. Yeah, super hot. You um, look hot, mate. You look. You yeah, look I'm hot. Like I'm sweaty. Warm. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> you can see. I can see. Yeah, let's see. You can see the light shining off my bald head from the sweat. <laughs> Quite a sight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, summer has come early. We're only in spring here, so um, it's good. I mean, I used to complain. You know, when I was in London, I used to I used to moan loads about how cold it was now I'm moaning about how hot it is so it's a nice adjustment <laughs> <laughs> well it's been a big week on the B1M guys we crossed 3 million subscribers on the main B1M channel which is absolutely fantastic I want to say massive thanks to everyone listening if you're if you're part of that if you're one of those subscribers if you've watched if you've shared a video if you've recommended us to someone massive massive thanks because you played a part in making that happen and we are you know, that idea that started in my spare room with one subscriber, which is my own account, and then three subscribers, which is basically my family and my double accounts, um, <laughs> to see it now get to three million subscribers and see the message of construction and this industry getting out to so many people worldwide is is awesome. It's very cool. Never thought it would really happen. So, yeah, three million subs. Lots of pressure to make decent videos now, which we'll have to uh, step up to the plate on. <laughs> but, yeah, good, good momentum, good milestone. That's no, huge, mate. Huge. I mean, it's bigger than some countries, right? So, massive congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> it's been a busy old... Uh, mate. <laughs> 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 it's been it's a big old week. I remember the, the... What do you think was felt longer, Fred? The first 10K? First 100K? I mean, I started it... I started the company, I think we had 98,000. Oh, here we go. We here up. we go. The three started, and then it went up... What do we? Um, what do you reckon the hardest was? First ten k subs, hundred k, half a mil, one mil, two mil, three mil. Definitely the first ten k, and it's interesting. Like uh, Casey and I started the video on this. The first ten k was really difficult, and then we got to a hundred k within a few months after that, and then we got mm. to a million within I think a year after that, uh, <laughs> and then it's been a, a bit of a slower climb since then, as compared to you know Mr Beast and others. But it's been good. It's been chipping away. But I think it's funny the. I've been very open here. The earlier milestones felt more enjoyable to me um, because the later ones, the later ones are awesome and it's huge, but I don't know. It, it, feel, it doesn't feel like less. It feels like less of an achievement in a way. And, and I, that's a weird thing to say. I'm just being really open here. But when I got 10K subs, 100K, I remember I got 100,000 subs. I was walking down the street like like 10 foot tall couldn't believe it million subs was just crazy it was a huge milestone it was amazing but 1 million 2 million 3 million i don't know it didn't just didn't really have the same impact i didn't find still huge milestones but yeah mm. maybe maybe is. 5 million will change that mate yeah <laughs> <laughs> or 10 million <laughs> maybe yeah. keep going when's keep the next going. you get a you get a the next plaque from youtube's 10 mil isn't it it's like a diamond yeah, you get the plaque. diamond play button they'll have phased that out by then sell that sell that keep the subs <laughs> <laughs> outside of subscribers it's been another big week at the b1m uh, we've got a big uh, mental health breakfast taking place next week guys that's on the 12th of october in central london we've also got the get construction talking event uh, over in sydney on the 2nd of november make sure you sign up for that it's going to be awesome lots of stuff happening on the old mental health front this autumn we've also just announced the construction story of the year shortlist yesterday which is very exciting we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on 
So yeah, it's it's all going on. I'll tell you, there's big projects in the works. We've got a bit of a New York project happening. There's Ooh. some interesting stuff on Dubai, on the Middle East. Yeah, it's um, things are cooking up in the old B and M kitchen. Ooh. Cheeky, mate. Very <laughs> cheeky. Looking forward to it. Coming up for you today then, guys, we are talking about why Porsche, Bentley, Aston Martin and others are building skyscrapers. Yes, you heard that right. U2 opening the Las Vegas Sphere. London's new secret tunnels being revealed. They're not new, they're just secret tunnels that are being finally revealed. Uh, Oman's vast new city districts and lots of debate, discussion and context on the old world of architecture, engineering and construction. All laced with some of your comments from the week. Let's do it. Let's hit the roads. Let's go. First of this week, we are talking about why Porsche, Bentley, and other supercar brands are now building skyscrapers. So this was a very interesting uh, video that came out on the B1M yesterday. Big old shifting gear happening, right? Nice, nice pun. We had to get that in there somewhere. There's quite a few puns in this video. You'd be pleased to know. But uh, car designers are now breaking out of the automotive industry confines and entering the world of construction. We we kid you not, from Porsche to Aston Martin, some of the most renowned supercar brands on the planet are now building high-rise buildings. The idea of this is that it kind of extends the reach of those upscale brands from the streets into the homes of ultra-wealthy consumers and helps both the car manufacturers and property developers to stand out and tell more of a brand story in their increasingly crowded markets. So uh, developers, particularly as we're going to see in Miami, Florida, are trying to make their project, their development, their condos, the latest, most attractive, most exciting thing. And teaming up with a big supercar manufacturer like Porsche, Aston Martin, Bentley, is becoming the way to do that. It brings advantages for the developers in terms of selling their apartments, selling their condos, and it brings advantages to the supercar uh, brand because they're able to you know, create more of a brand story, get themselves more inserted into the lives of these ultra-wealthy rich people and kind of connect connect with them on a deeper level so they buy not just the cars, but they buy into the whole lifestyle as well. I kid you not, guys, this is really happening. In case you wanted a big fat dose of uh, wealth and equality on this podcast, which I know you haven't had before, but here it is, sitting right in front of you, supercar skyscrapers. <laughs> We've got car elevators, designer trims, a whole new level of luxury. Guys, before we get into it, before we talk about some of these example buildings, hot takes, what do you reckon? You're going to live here? Good idea, bad idea? Hit me. I think we should have named the video instead of why Porsche and Bentley are building skyscrapers. <laughs> we should say why Porsche and Bentley are building car scrapers. Car scrapers. Mm. Yeah. Isn't a car scraper mm. what you get the ice off with? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, doesn't have to, Liam doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Like, no. you know, he lives in Australia. So we that's soon, soon coming to us, Fred. It's already begun, isn't it? That yeah. season, car scraper season. Um, I don't know what what was what was the last name, Liam? You said what's the last title? Car, car scrapers. Yeah, so I would name it the same, but I would say Porsche, not Porsche. I'd yeah, I don't know. It. I don't know why you guys are calling it Porsche. So I, I don't know. Maybe I maybe that's because it's Porsche. And then someone told me it's actually it's Porsche. Who it was is someone? Porsche. Probably mm, someone people. who worked 
Porsche who understands the pronunciation of it. I'd imagine. <laughs> I think it might have been a Friends episode. <laughs> <laughs> Friends! <laughs> when Joey, when Joey gets the Porsche. Joey has yeah. the Porsche. <laughs> yeah. I think German Germans pronounce it Porsche, I think. <clears throat> and it's anyway, from Germany. You know what we mean, guys? You know what we mean by that, Carl? Where's I think, the, I think uh, it's a great idea for the brands to build that. Mm. Like you're saying, you're building that brand affinity, bringing it into their lifestyle. I think it's a great brand move. Um, I'm not, to be honest, we can go into the detail of the designs. I'm not that fussed on the buildings. Mm. Should we talk about it a little bit later? I wasn't, wow, I was expecting, you know, something super glamorous, really over the top. Yeah. But, uh, apart from the uh, Bugatti one in, um, Dubai, that was the only one that I was like, holy crap, that looks like a car scraper. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. The others are just, are just a bit like, oh, yeah, okay. I'd agree. I'd agree, yeah. But I suppose the, the design is very much with a focus on the interior, isn't it? And with, you know, it, it, all, all super rich people's problems in life, you know, oh, I have to drive <laughs> my car to the basement and then get a lift to my flat you know that's like 60 stories up and mate i was i couldn't believe especially for the porsche design tower in miami like i couldn't believe the interior of that so anyway yeah, it's, it's like i i think we should just take a step back and just okay just look at the craziness of this right because you've got right. supercar brands building mm. skyscrapers and teaming up with developers to sell apartments for tens of millions of dollars, which, which we're going to get into. We've got car elevators, so you can park your car in your apartment. Like, this is a whole different level of bubble <laughs> away from the normal people on the street, isn't it? I mean, yeah. like, it's a different league of wealth and mm. a, a different kind of market dynamic that most people in the world are not going to be affected by or interested in. It just shows, and, and most of it's happening in Miami. On a coastline that's about to flood, that is flooding now. That's about to flood the underwater. <laughs> like it's just, oh yeah, it's just crazy. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna get into it, guys. Let's take you through. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna focus on six because there are six already. Six of these kind of major projects uh, unfolding around the world, and talk to you about what's involved, what's been happening in them, some of the crazy stats and stuff. Uh, a lot of it is in Miami, as we've kind of alluded to already, but Porsche Design Tower, first one, this is completed and currently standing on the Miami coastline. 195 metres, it's officially a skyscraper, 60 storeys tall, right on the waterfront, as I said. 132 apartments in this, ranging from $4 million, which I imagine is a very small apartment, up to $18 million. Uh, and it has a car elevator, so I kid you not, right? This has got a patented technology in it, which has been coined the Deservator, uh, which comes from the minds of the guys at Desert Developments, which is led by a guy called Gil Desert. So we interviewed Gil Desert in this video. He's the president of this company. Uh, so Gil Desert set up Desert Developments and then created the Deservator. This would be like me creating a car elevator and calling it the Fredervator or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so the way this works right the way a car elevator works is residents drive their car onto this rotating pad it then spins around to face the elevator doors elevator doors close a sled jack device then goes underneath the car and moves it back onto the elevator machine then at 243 meters a minute which isn't very fast but anyway it takes about a minute to, to go up a big building 
the car goes up to the designated sky garage uh, all while the driver right is sat behind the wheel you sit behind the wheel with your engine off while you get moved up in this machine in the middle of this building uh, to park your car in a glass enclosed garage which invariably looks out on uh, some kind of part of your apartment whether that's the bedroom or the kitchen or the living room or the, the entrance hall um, so you can park your car in the sky next to your apartment some units have space for multiple cars uh, and each elevator can carry up to eight thousand uh, pounds which is around three thousand six hundred kilograms uh, and they've, they've checked it and that's basically equal to the heaviest car ever made which is the rolls-royce phantom also one of the ugliest cars ever made in my opinion but um we'll leave that to a different part of the podcast i mean goodness knows what happens if there's a power cut or the electric goes down or you've got to get out in a hurry but yeah you know what i was thinking um i was like oh just just as a normal person i was like oh that'd be actually really handy you go to the you go grocery shopping and you know you you buy heaps of stuff i'm like oh that'd be good because you don't have to cart it in the elevators all the way up to your up to your apartment but then i figured these type of people probably don't do their own shopping, right? <laughs> They're not popping down Seven <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> not going out of Tesco's. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the club card price? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, mate. I mean, yeah. The the the, the Desivator, um alone. Yeah. Five like stars. Like a movie. Five, isn't it? five stars, mate. That's 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 that. I'm sold. I'm sold on the tower just for that. It really did. I I mentioned it earlier. Um, it it does look impressive. It does look really really impressive. And uh, yeah, if you're super wealthy and you got a really really cool car, mate, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, do you want to come up to my flat and then take the the car lift to your flat, drive it, and come on. It's like it's it's like something from you know like Tony Stark from a Marvel film, isn't it? It's <laughs> It's really, really impressive. And the fact that this actually exists in our world, this is a oh, thing. Mate. It's, it's jaw-dropping on many fronts, right? It's jaw-dropping yeah. in terms of the engineering, that they, they put money into making it happen, that people are buying it, and that it exists. And for mm. me, I, I just see the wealth and the quality thing, like the, the disconnect between that and the reality of the world that most people live in and climate change, where this thing is built. Like, it's just... I know. Yeah. We can build these. I'm talking on like a global scale here, right? You know, so there's, you know, bear with me. But you, we can build all of these, but we can't, you know, extend HS2 to Manchester. You know, it can only go to Birmingham. <laughs> it's just, oh, mate, it's wild, isn't it? It's wild. It is. Anyway, anyway. It's the world we live in, eh? Um, now, just down mm. the coastline from this one, currently under construction, you have the Bentley Residences, funnily enough, brought to you by Bentley. Uh, set to open in 2026, this is a 227-metre, 63-storey skyscraper that is going to be the tallest oceanfront building in America with views of the Atlantic, which is obviously pretty impressive. Um, Bentley Residences are going to be oval-shaped with a recessed diamond pattern exterior inspired by the cars. I do really like the look of this building. I have to say, I think it's a very stylish-looking looking skyscraper. Um, winding up the Porsche Tower, the Bentley Residences is going to add another Desivator for a total of four. There were three in the Porsche Tower. This one's going to have four, uh, so residents can park right inside one of their 216 units. According to the Financial Times, 40% of the units here have already been sold, which brought in over $500 million in sales. So, um, yeah, what do you think of the Bentley one, guys? I I prefer this to Porsche. Mm. Yeah, the exterior is more interesting, for sure. 
Um, it's very Miami, and it suits Miami. Uh, I, yeah, the port. I think this kind of this is more what I would imagine being in Miami and being a luxury car skyscraper. The Porsche one doesn't really look like that so much, and uh, I know. In in the video, we we talk about the fact that it are oh, the Porsche was inspired by like the nine eleven. It doesn't really give me you know nine eleven vibes at all. Uh, this I don't even think this gives me you know Bentley vibes <laughs> at all really. But <laughs> it just looks more. It looks slightly more upmarket. Is the Porsche Tower inspired by the nine eleven? The Porsche nine eleven, yeah. Yeah, so that's see, that's is that what that's what it said in the video. I good, mean, you... uh, I, I know it's like obviously the Porsche 911 is a very famous car, but a skyscraper yes. inspired by 911 isn't great yes. phrasing, is it? That... Like, that's, <laughs> no. that's unfortunate for Porsche, right there. Yes, that is. That Come is and true. live in the 911 tower. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I think um, these these two, um, in terms of like appeal, it, to me, it's just they have the elevator, the designator. Right. So, for me, the design, the, the interior, the, the apartments and things like that, they don't actually look that amazing. They're kind yeah. of bulk standard, just residential apartments. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're very nice. But, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, apparently there's a Bentley-inspired and a Porsche-inspired design palette and trim. I don't know if that means you've got, like, a leather bed with a seatbelt on it yeah, or what. bucket but... seats to watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to indicate to go around a corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a little button to open the windows with um, yeah. I don't know I don't know but um, yeah the car elevator does seem to be the big thing now we've been in Miami so far we're now going to pop over to another kind of uh, billionaire haven Dubai in the United Arab Emirates this is where they're building the Bugatti residences this is 42 stories uh, about to be constructed inspired I kid you not right this is what Ashley says inspired by the essence of the French Riviera and Bugatti's sleek sports cars the exterior design is a combination of curves and lines. This is a crazy-looking tower. It's a crazy-looking building. It's very Dubai. Mm. I mean, a Bugatti ultra-luxury skyscraper in Dubai, inspired by the French Riviera. I mean, mm. I kid you not, dear listener. This is actually happening in the world today. <laughs> I mean, for goodness' sake, building is also going to feature its very own private beach. Not sure if that's just open the back door and we're in the desert or an actual beach they're building. Uh, it's also going to have specially made car elevators, although it's not confirmed whether they are using the famous Desivator, the now famous Desivator, the Fredivator, or something else. The Lucavator? Ooh. <laughs> the Lucavator? Mr. Motivator, doesn't it? Do you remember him? Yeah. used to be on breakfast TV in, in the spandex doing a morning workout. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're too young for this. You, you, you didn't grow <laughs> up Liam don't know either. Liam People don't know. Mr. Mr. Motivator used to be on GMTV in his. Mate, I, uh, don't even, I don't even know what GMTV is. Good morning television. <laughs> oh, and he used to be in his uh, spandex doing uh, doing workout <laughs> regimes. Who's that Tybo guy, Billy T? I don't know. There, there are other, he's been uh, often imitated, <laughs> never replicated. Okay. Oh, wow. never duplicated. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I really like the Aston Martin residence. I think it looks fantastic. It's- we're on Bugatti. the Bugatti ones now, man. Oh, oh, on. <laughs> I was looking at the wrong notes. <laughs> Scratch that. <laughs> they all blend into one, in fairness. Yeah, it does. The notes do. Um, all right, I'll start again. <laughs> I, love, I love the Bugatti one. I think this is the only ultra-luxurious design out of all of them. 
you look at it and you're like, wow, that is that is something. Uh, I think the beach, maybe from the video, it kind of looks like maybe it's on the roof, Fred. Yeah. Unless that's some kind of pool. Um, but yeah, I love the curvature and the way. Uh, it's kind of like gives me like um, like waves coming on the shore, oh, yeah. like overlapping each other. You know what I mean? The little whitewash mm. lapping on the sand. I, w- I would live there for sure. Mm-hmm. 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 I, I mean, I would live honest. in any of these. I'd live in any of these. Yeah, like if it were just <laughs> yeah, on a yeah, same. on a platter. Yeah, go on. Sorry, Fred, mate. Parking your Ford Astra up in one of these yeah. lifts. <laughs> golf, mate. It's a golf. <laughs> a golf. Drive a golf. Do you drive, Luke? <laughs> do you know how to drive? Yeah, I've got a uh, golf, mate. Uh, Why do you ask if I if I drive? Do I not strike you as a as a driving sort of person? <laughs> no, you do. <laughs> Volkswagen, <laughs> Volkswagen residences coming to the uh, coming to Southend on Sea. Uh, yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. Hopefully, get the get the Germans in. They'll love it. Sayat, where's the Sayat apartments or the uh, Skoda Village? Come on, <laughs> they're all Volkswagen Group. You've named all Volkswagen Group. Right. Yes, accidentally, I think. But yeah, they're all pretty much oh. Volkswagen. Yeah. Anyway, they're all merging to one. They're all owned by other people anyway. They right. they do, yeah, they do. I'm going to ask you guys a big a big comparison question at the end, right? But uh, next mm. up, guys, we're heading back to Miami. Yes, they're building more car super brand skyscrapers in Miami. Aston Martin's turn this time. The Aston Martin residences topped out back in 2021, but still under construction and being fitted out. This is a big one. This is 249 meters, 66 stories. The skyscraper is now the sorry, the skyscraper is now the second tallest in the city next to the Panama Tower. I really like this building. You've got a unique sail-shaped design. Residents have got access to all kinds of amenities like a private cinema, art gallery, and an infinity pool on the 55th floor, which is absolutely jaw-dropping. Um, now, this one doesn't have a car elevator, which I suspect is why it's slightly taller and has got up to 249 meters. Uh, but it does have space to park another luxury vehicle. This one includes marina bays for your super yacht to dock. Absolutely astonishing. But mm, it's yeah. pretty incredible. One thing um, I just want—I just want to flag: Do we think people that live in these properties use the private cinema, the art galleries, the infinity pools, and all the other amenities included? Do you, do you, what do you, do you guys think they actually use it? I don't know. So these ones, you wouldn't have a pool in your apartment. So going to a private pool on the 55th floor, I can see the appeal of that, definitely. The private cinema, like maybe if you want to watch a new movie that's come out, but you probably mm. have a big old screen and a comfy sofa in your in your apartment, aren't you? I, uh, I went to a friend's place who I only recently found out has a really, really good job as a lawyer at a very well-known British media um conglomerate right and um she invited us over she lives in Battersea, mate and she hired out a cinema room in the building she lives in and it was wild i did not realize a this person was that wealthy but b how cool this cinema room was and it was like oh this is pretty tidy and uh it did have a schedule on it like an electric schedule of oh, this is booked out for this, this is booked out by this person at this room. And so I think they can be used, but... Mm. Um, yeah, that makes sense. It's just, I, I think it's stuff. just, it's 
Like yeah, we had pop- <laughs> now we brought we brought that in, ah, brought okay. that in ourselves, mate. <laughs> I no, wish. Not so oh. wish. It was amazing. Once though. again, a key question for the Aston Martin residences that I haven't thought about is do you get popcorn in the private cinema? Yeah. You park your private super yacht, you're probably an Aston Martin owner, you've got a nice flat, two hundred and forty nine meters above Miami. But is there popcorn in the private cinema? That's the deal breaker, right? That's it. Right there. Mm. How much is it? They always yeah. charge popcorn, don't they? Oh, yeah, it's expensive, but it's so good, though. You, you can't go to the cinema without getting just salt popcorn. Like, yeah, salt. The smell they waft around as soon as you walk mm. in gets you. You're like, <laughs> Sweet yes. and salt. Sweet guys, and salt mix. Do you guys get chop tops over there? I can't remember. What's that? Like little ice cream, little, um, uh, oh, what's the name? Like the when you pour oh. it soft serve and then they dip it in chocolate and put it in the freezer and you eat it. Apparently. Um, yeah, we, yeah, but not at the cinema. You can buy them in Morrison's, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Dairy oh, Cadbury's do them. Cadbury's do oh, what you're right. talking about. Yeah, Man, I'll, I'll, get, I'll give you one when you're here in uh, Sydney, Fred. I'll, I'll take you down. Great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I'm not sure if they do them in the um, Aston Martin private cinema, but anyway, we'll find out. Now, guys, swing it over from Miami now up to New York State. This is in upstate New York. Uh, Aston Martin, Sylvan Rock. Uh, which is another housing development. So basically, Sylvan Rock is a black cedar angular home developed by Aston Martin in collaboration with S3 Architecture. And in true Bond style, Sylvan Rock has its very own secret lair developed by Aston Martin's dedicated Galleries and Lairs Design and Construction Division. They actually have a construction division dedicated to building galleries and lairs so people can show off their supercars. Absolutely astonishing stuff. Uh, this one is really fit for a Bond villain. This is a glass wall space that basically sits at ground level uh, and looks into the living area so you can show off your Aston Martin cars. Bit of a smaller one, this one. So this isn't a skyscraper. It's not like a multi-home development. It's a very fancy uh, kind of private home in upstate New York. But another example of how Aston Martin and major car brands are branching out into the architecture world. Um, and then finally, Aston Martin Residences at 130 William in New York City. So quite a few Aston Martins. Three of three of our lists here are Aston Martin. Um, this one's located on the 59th and 60th floors at 130 William, which is a big old skyscraper down in Lower Manhattan, just completed. Uh, these units are set apart from the rest of the building with materials, furniture and finishings from Aston Martin's home collection. Who knew they had a home collection? Uh, there's even an entry hallway with bronze crosshatch, which is a kind of a signature look of the company. And the big thing here is that if you buy one of these apartments, guys, you are getting a limited edition Aston Martin SUV thrown into the deal. Bargain, right? Oh, mm. yeah, those SUVs are beautiful. I think the um, the place in Sylvan Rock yeah. in New York State, that is stunning. That is just like my cup of tea. Yeah, that home. It is so beautiful. And I love it how it's like kind of in the nature. It's built around the nature. You know, it's got trees, it's got um, rocks, and it's got grass. It just looks, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I would echo that, actually. I think that's, even though it's not the skyscraper one, so, you know, I don't know if it counts or not, but that is my favorite on this list. Um, it's, it's, it's a real wonderful throwback to like mid-century design like open design kind of mixing outdoors of indoors and yeah it looks like something it, it looks like aston martin and like eames like they just got an eames book and you know studied it and made something and yeah it's 
absolutely sensational. And actually, I love the New York City Tower as well. What is it? Uh, 130 William. Yeah. Now, it's not it's not the Aston Martin Tower, is it? It's just a few apartments in this tower. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think, oh, mate, this is absolutely delicious. <laughs> I love the Miami stuff. And the Dubai residence is, is fantastic, but I don't know, mate. I, I gravitate to this easily, easily. It's a pretty shocking phenomenon, isn't it? And I, I'm kind of thinking, like, what other, if it's car brands at the minute, what other luxury brands are you going to get start coming into the real estate space and doing whole skyscrapers? Like, I know there's a, I think there's a Gucci skyscraper already, and you have, like, some of the the high-end fashion brands have designed apartments and, like, signature yeah. apartment sets and stuff. So that's not really a new thing. But are you going to get like I don't know other luxury brands like watches, mm, uh, yeah. other sort of stuff, boats? I don't know. Well, obviously people spend money on all that coming in. Yeah, I would. I would have said watches just straight off the top of my head. You can sort of see that you know Rolex tower. Yeah, that's a nice no ring clocks. to it. <laughs> buy, buy an apartment, you get a free Rolex. That's it. Demac the Demac <laughs> Tower in London. That's been uh, I think fitted out by Versace. I think. Oof. So they're doing a similar thing. It's definitely... Oh, I can picture it now. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, mm, don't Don't tell her on reception. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you can't go in, today. Yeah. Yeah. It's Good definitely... There, there's definitely a market for it, isn't it? And it's the, it's the epitome of kind of the luxury market kind of becoming even more, quote-unquote, luxurious, right? Yeah. yeah, it's incredible that these this is happening. It's incredible that we've built car elevators and skyscrapers, and it's very interesting that these brands are coming into the real estate space to help property developers sell their developments in what's a very crowded market. But I just can't get past the screaming contrast between this and how most people live. It just feels so disconnected from the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I'd like. I mean, I'd like one. Don't get me wrong, guys. If you want to give me a complimentary uh, Bentley residence? Count me in. But um, what's your favourite? What's your favourite on this list? I've got a question for you guys, mate. So my favourite oh. one is probably the Bugatti because of the design and the look in Dubai. Yeah, yeah. Liam, uh, the Aston Martin Sylvan Rock for sure. Mm-hmm. Second would be mm-hmm. the. Um, Bugatti. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Bugatti as well. That is, pre- it's crazy beautiful. I'd prefer to live in New York than uh, Dubai as well. Yeah. 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 I was picking it more for the building than the location, but mm. yeah. Right. Liam, question for you, right? Keys on the table Porsche, Bentley, Bugatti, Aston Martin. Which one are you picking up? Oh. Your car for life. Mm, probably Bugatti. Ooh, it is like different mm. league, isn't it, Bugatti? Mm. It is a different league, a supercar. Well, Martins, I don't know. I, whenever I see them, it's, it's like a driver with a guy in the back seat. You know what I mean? It doesn't doesn't really like scream out to me. Do you mean, do you mean Bentley? Yeah, that's more my, a Bentley uh, thing. Uh, might be Bentley. Sorry. I was going to say, don't start on Aston yeah. Martin, mate, because I'm picking up the Aston Martin keys a yeah. thousand times, yes. Really, hundred percent. Any day of the week, any day of the year, Aston Martin every single time. Is it because they're British? Best, <laughs> best and most beautiful <laughs> cars ever designed. Is it because they're British? 
It's because they're beautiful. Uh, yeah, I'm getting, British I'm getting, as well. I'm getting Aston Martin and Bentley mixed up. It's not really a car guy. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. I would, okay, I'm thinking about which one I could sell for the most and just get the car. I want a, yeah, I want a Mercedes G-Wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I love, so yeah, I, I like G-Wagon. Which keys are yeah. you picking up, Luke? Um, Probably uh, the Bentley. Oh. Yeah, the big old, big old ugly Bentley, you know, and... Uh, Who's yeah, it's a bit. It it's you? a bit different. I, pr- I prefer a. Uh, what you say, Liam? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Man. He keeps what? Why? Why does he think I don't drive? Why does he think I don't drive? What is with this? I don't get it. I I'm don't get busy, it. Mate. I'm just teasing. I know you are, mate. And I buy it. Yeah, I'd go for the Bentley, <laughs> mate. I'd, I'd go for the Bentley. Yeah. <laughs> and you would go for the Aston, Fred. Yeah, of course. A highly hypothetical conversation because none of this is ever going to happen but uh yeah i actually said one christmas my brother-in-law um asked me what i want for christmas and i jokingly said an aston martin and he got me a little die-cast metal model of an aston oh. martin <laughs> that's really nice it is nice isn't it yeah cruel but nice so. one can dream one can dream yeah, yeah. keep dreaming dreaming is more fun than owning apparently i wouldn't know I've never owned <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about this. What do you think about supercar skyscrapers? Which one's your favourite? What's going to happen next? Where is this trend going to go? What other luxury brands are going to come into the real estate and construction world? Send your thoughts in, podcast at theb1m.com. So today's episode is sponsored by Bluebeam. Trusted by over 2.5 million professionals in over 160 countries, Bluebeam develops innovative technology solutions that set the standard for AECO project efficiency and digital collaboration. Bluebeam's desktop, mobile and cloud-based solutions are specially designed to improve communication and simplify processes across the entire project life cycle. The key to Bluebeam's success is a customer-focused approach to product developments. Bluebeam works with the industry to create solutions for the industry. Headquartered in Pasadena, California, Bluebeam now has additional offices throughout the US, UK, Germany, Sweden, and Australia, and is a proud member of the Nemeshek Group. You can discover what Bluebeam can do for you and your business by starting your free 30-day trial today over at Bluebeam.com. That is a free 30-day trial, guys, over at Bluebeam.com. Great product, great team, great company, steadily competing with me for the amount of travel they're doing in terms of the global spread of their product, which is amazing. Uh, but yeah. While we're, while we're on the topic of Bluebeam, um, mate, are you excited to see uh, the completion, well, the completed skyscraper of Crown Sydney? We did a documentary with Bluebeam back during COVID. Was it 2020 or 2021? It was 2020, yeah. We did the Crown Sydney. I can't wait to see that building. Yeah. In the flesh. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm a big fan of it. Up close yeah. and personal, it looks great. When you stand at the bottom and you look up, at the facade, it just like the shape of it is, is just beautiful in the light. Yeah, I think I d- you could you could see that in the photo you sent through the other day on the old Slack of the skyline of Sydney, right near your house, where you go, where you take the dog for a walk. You can see yeah. that on the left, right? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. Look really good. It sticks out. It's a little bit out of the city when you're looking back on that angle. Yeah, yeah. Nice yeah, building. It's a perfect spot. There you go. It's an example of just one project around the world developed with Bluebeam, guys. They use Bluebeam on that massive new skyscraper in Sydney, Australia. There are many buildings around the world that have used it. You can use it too. Get on that free 30-day trial over at bluebeam.com.
Also in the news this week, lots of things happening, uh, but probably the biggest one, the one that's been most viral on social media, is U2 opening the Las Vegas Sphere. I don't know if you guys saw this, but it was the first kind of big proper gig in the Las Vegas Sphere. It was packed full of people, many of them just holding up their phones the whole time to take pictures of this insane screen. But to see the screen put together on and working in the full context of a gig was just mesmerizing, right? This thing's insane. Uh, it feels like this weekend I couldn't go on Instagram or TikTok, Facebook without seeing the Las Vegas sphere. This same video I just kept seeing over and over again, or whether it was like Brian Cranston and the other guy from Breaking Bad was at this U2 gig and stuff. Like it was, it's clearly like the hottest ticket in town, right, in America at the moment. I, I I have not seen this much social media traction on a new project in a very, very, very long time. Very long time. I'll say this. This is exactly what Saudi wishes it had, something like this, and something that would have pull like this, something that would break sort of the pop culture zeitgeist and architecture, engineering zeitgeist, all at once. Really impressive, mate. Really impressive. They're kind of building that with the macabre, aren't they? This massive square cube. Square cube, you know what I mean? It's a great big cube <laughs> building. Uh, could hold 20 Empire State buildings. But it's got this enormous virtual reality world inside, which I think is supposed to be something like this. So I reckon they're on it. But yeah, it, they've, it's laid down a gauntlet, doesn't it? Did, have you seen the videos when they were doing the... I think, I think you posted, actually, Fred, the uh, safari when they're in the yeah. sphere and they've got the elephants uh, man it looks incredible apart from that watching a gig there if you went and saw say if you're into like house music or something like that and it's just dark with laser lights and all that stuff and f- flashing strobes and i think it'd be incredible it's absolutely yeah. incredible it's probably the best live like so, sorry the l- best venue in the world now for yeah. music it's amazing. And like looking at it, it's like, you know, they've, they've, there's the scene we uploaded uh, to our Instagram was kind of this desert scene with the sun setting, but it creates like a daylight feel. Like people in the stadium mm-hmm. are, in the stadium, the venue, are in daylight from this daylight image on the screen. You know, it's it's just mesmerizing stuff. It's, it's difficult to get your head around. I, I really want to see it in person. I was actually invited out to, uh, by the press team to attend the opening, but, um, Popping over to Vegas for 10 hours wasn't really something I could do at the last minute. We've got a pretty busy autumn going on. But yeah, I, I feel like I've seen it through Instagram anyway. But one day, definitely go and, definitely go and see it in person. Hopefully not you too. There's <laughs> 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 uh, a really good uh, Daily Mash article actually we've kicked around on our Slack, which is... Uh, I love the Daily Mash, but it says U2 safely contained in Sphere. The band U2 have been securely contained in a high-technology sphere in the desert, scientists have confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Is U2 the guy? I think the guys are seeing Red Red Wine. No, no that's UB40. <laughs> yeah, that's UB40. Oh. No, U2 are uh, like... Irish band. Yeah, no, the 90s, no. They did, uh, you know, Bono. Yeah, yeah, the guy that wears glasses. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he wears, he wears the, like, the purple glasses, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't live with or without you. Um, lots of uh, lots of comments, <laughs> right? So Josh, Josh okay. says this is like the new Truman Show, <laughs> which is exactly what it's like, right? You know when the, he goes to the edge of mm-hmm. 
ocean on the Truman Show and he hits the side of the screen. That's that's what it's like. Um, someone else saying there's uh, a lot of phones being held up, no one actually enjoying the moment, and that is a pretty shocking takeaway. When you look at the crowd, everyone's just taking a picture of the screen. No one's actually really enjoying the moment. So, yeah, but yeah, I, mean, I get why. I get why. Like as much as I'm not a fan of like just going to a gig and having your phone out the whole time, right? Like this is first time gig. You know, this is a first ever. So I get. You know, I get it. Calm mm. down. I, I get that. I, I never understand out. why people take videos at gigs, though, or photos. No. I'm always no. like, "Are you?" I, I watch it the next day. Like I've, I've done a couple of times. I watched it the next day. I was like, "That looks terrible." Mm. Yeah. No one, no one's ever looked at a gig video uploaded the next day on social media and gone, "Oh, that looks amazing." Yeah, no one wants to watch it. Rubbish. Either. No one's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm "So happy you uploaded this video." I've been waiting for it all day. <laughs> said no one ever <laughs> that's why i feel like with this gig it's mostly about the screen less about you two. Oh, oh i've had a dig at them again what's wrong with me <laughs> i feel like i feel like most of the intrigue here is the screen not a band that's been around for half a century you know longer than this. it's not as long as that but i'm exaggerating it feels like half a century <laughs> uh, another person saying we've got to keep this away from stratford at all costs Ooh. Oh. There's a bit of, uh, bit of unease about the MSG sphere being built in Stratford, so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. I'd build it. I think I'd build it. Ooh, Luke's back in it. Anyway, lots of uh, lots of traction on this one, guys, across social media, as I said this weekend. Uh, swinging back to a less exciting, but I think more intriguing development now uh, under London. Very cool project, right? So after 70 years of UK government secrecy, the mile-long London tunnels that sheltered Londoners during the Blitz and inspired James Bond's Q branch uh, could be about to reopen as a visitor attraction and London's deepest licensed bar. Right, this is very, very cool. It's a new planning idea that's been put forward, not approved yet, not happening, but they're hoping to submit to planning uh, in November 2023. It's been formed by a group of investment specialists that includes uh, architects Wilkinson Air. Wilkinson Air did many buildings around the world, including Battersea Power Station, uh, products around £220 million, but it's really, really cool. So sitting deep beneath Chancery Lane Tube Station in London, the officially called Kingsway Exchange Tunnels were kept secret as part of the UK government's Official Secrets Act. Uh, the tunnels used to be home, so they were used during the war for sheltering uh, Londoners during the Blitz, and then they used to be home to the Special Operations Executive, which was an offshoot of MI6, uh, and were the real-life location that inspired Q Branch in Ian Fleming's James Bond novels, because Ian Fleming was based there as the Admiralty's liaison officer, which is really, really cool. I, I feel a James Bond-inspired B1M video coming on yet again, guys. Third one this year, <laughs> potentially in the works. Um, but they expanded the tunnels as part of the... Well, during the Cold War, they expanded the tunnels to serve as kind of a secret long-distance telephone exchange, uh, including between Moscow and Washington, D.C. during the Cuban Missile Crisis, which is pretty interesting. Whole, well, many of, much of that stuff is being retained and put into this new immersive video, ex- sorry, new immersive visitor video experience. Uh, there's a very fancy lift that you're going to go down underground in. There's going to be uh, all kinds of things from smells to sounds to screen visuals that are going to immerse you in this space. Uh, and on, in the strap plan on the website so go over and have a look at the uh, london tunnels website guys because they're trying to get backing for this they're trying to take on feedback now uh, but it says on there imagine the feeling 
What? Imagine feeling the London Underground thundering directly above you where shaken, not stirred Vesper martinis could be served 40 metres underground. Pretty cool, right? Renders That's really are cool. cool. Setting's cool. I'd go to this. What do you reckon? I would 100% go to this. This looks fantastic. It's reusing like old tunnels that were already there. I think it just it makes a lot of sense. Could be a really cool attraction. The bar, mate. That bar rendering looks absolutely superb, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Big fan. It's got that James Bond barrel vibe. I think they quite cleverly put a guy standing at the bar looking mm-hmm. like James Bond at the end. <laughs> it's very cool. <laughs> yeah. What do you reckon, Liam? You in? Yeah, I love it, mate. Yeah. Big fan. I love it. a bit of history, a bit of modern. It's great. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's awesome. I'm actually planning to go down to one of the uh, planning consultation days to find out more about it. And we're going to try and get access, guys, for a B1M video because this is this is awesome. As I said, not approved yet. There's kind of they're taking on feedback and things, but it feels like a real no brainer. The funding's there. They've got a great team of designers and architects there, and it's a way to bring a piece of what was secret London heritage to life. And how cool that something that's been kept secret for 70 years, right underneath the heart of the city of London, could be turned into something like this mm. a visitor attraction a bar be awesome mm. yeah big time big really, time lots of uh positive comments on this uh loving the infrastructure reuse people saying it would be insanely cool uh very cool to visit um drinks won't be cheap to someone else but this will be cool <laughs> yeah 20 pounds <laughs> standard yeah welcome to <laughs> london <laughs> yeah how many people would go there anyway you know so many people would just be like all right going there as the first time and then i'm sure people around chancery lane there's not much around chancery lane is it in terms of Mm. i'm sure there's a couple of bars and things oh in terms of nightlife yeah no yeah it's quite a busy busy part of town but yeah no yeah yeah there's Mm. there's lots of offices around there but in terms of like entertainment like this during the week it'll be busy when all the city boys will be going there you know (laughs) For a trendy location, yeah. You can imagine all sorts of shenanigans going down, can't you? So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some members of political parties getting felt up by other people, causing the collapse of the government. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, if approved, guys, this is going to be opening in 2027, which is quite a way off, but uh, no doubt you too will be playing the opening gig down there. You can go underground, <laughs> trapped in a bar with Bono, and have him open the London tunnels for you. <laughs> Sort of thing they put the name forward for. I'm just uh, just guessing. Anyway, uh, swinging over now from London back over to the Middle East where we're going to talk about Oman. So Oman is planning to expand its capital, Muscat, with a vast, and this thing is absolutely vast, 19-neighbourhood new district that could eventually become home to 100,000 people. Huge, huge project designed by Skidmore, Owings & Merrill as part of the Oman Vision 2040 uh, Sultan Haithman City, which is the kind of working title for this, comes in response to a growing Muscat population and will include new public transportation infrastructure and a sponge city park. It's also going to be constructed from locally sourced materials and is being designed to reduce car dependency. Uh, really cool, really interesting. There's a lot of stuff around this uh, in terms of density, good city living, good urban planning. Obviously, SOM know what they're doing when it comes to building and city design the scale of this thing is huge construction is going to be split into four different phases first phase is set to start in 2024 
but the whole project, all four phases, are going to wrap up by 2045, which is a very long time away. Probably still beat HS2, but um, there you go. <laughs> it looks good, doesn't it? Looks yeah. really good. I'm I'm uh I'm really impressed by it, especially the uh, third image here on the Instagram carousel. That just it screams uh, Middle East. It screams uh, Islamic architecture. I love that uh, a lot of this part of the city will be walkable. I uh, I think it's on the fifth image on the carousel. You've got um you know a a street that's covered. You know, that covers the sun and yet lets in little bits of sun. It's it's really, really well designed, I think. Really impressed. Yeah, I love it how they like like you're saying, Luke, that's they're stuck to sort of traditional architecture in the region, kind of like the macabre in Saudi Arabia. I really like it when they stick to it and they absolutely nail it. Mm. Yeah, here's well, here's a traditional cube, four hundred meters high by four hundred meters wide. Yeah, I know, but you know, <laughs> the, know the you mean, of it, mate. Yeah, you know I know what you mean. mean yeah, mate. Know we know what you mean. mean. <laughs> Those heritage <laughs> sugar cubes. <laughs> <laughs> nice comment here from Alex. Actually, he says, "Finally, a project that respects, at least to some extent, local architecture tradition is mm. distinctly modern, but Arabic in essence. That's a great way to build things. So, yeah, yeah." Fantastic, lots, mate. Fantastic. Lots of comments on this about how much people like it, support it, saying it's what Dubai needs so badly. Um, yeah, interesting interesting stuff. Uh, I think it's worth pointing out, I'm surprised Liam hasn't pointed this out actually, but the uh, the extent of drones and fancy cars, driverless cars you've got flying around to make it look futuristic in some of these renders is uh, is interesting. You've got fancy bikes with light-up oh, wheels. Yeah. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah, mate, I was yeah. trying not to be negative. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit ridiculous though when's when's the drew for completion yeah. uh 2045 is the whole thing oh, the first phase i don't know fair 2045 we might actually have drones delivering amazon packages mm. you know understandable yeah president jeff bezos <laughs> <laughs> singing the uh, national anthem by you two New single. <laughs> They've just dropped automatically on your iPhone. Yeah. I've really, I've really had a dig at you two on this episode. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, you have, mate. Yeah. yeah. Well out of order. Yeah. There's no compliments in here anywhere. If you're listening, you still haven't found what you're looking for. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I got it. I Thanks, got mate. it. Just checking. Just checking. You got, yeah. Just checking oh, you got the yeah. <laughs> Um, them opening the sphere actually reminds me of uh, the character in Sing 2 you guys haven't seen the movie Sing 2 I know but um, Clay Calloway who's the character who's like this retired rocker comes back who's actually played by Bono comes back and plays a big gig in Las Vegas to an overarching domed immersive screen venue that's such a like dad comment you know you can tell you are a father (laughs) Whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, why? Sing, you're bringing up, mate, you know the character's wait, name. Sing, no. Sing 2 is a great film. <laughs> and of course I know the character's name, because it's a good character's name. Clay <laughs> Calloway. <laughs> they call him, is great. Right, I will. Clay Calloway. Uh, I, will, I will have a investigation, mate. I get defy that you that, yeah? not to watch that film and enjoy it. I was right. hooked. All right. It's a great movie. Right. There's lots of singing in it. 
There is, mate, but it's quite entertaining. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but you two at the end as well, as you might imagine. <laughs> oh. uh, final bit of news this week, guys, is that we have announced the shortlist for construction story of the year. Now, we've picked three finalists from the long list. We need you guys to go and have a look at these videos. We've done short social features of them across our platforms. Let us know what you think. Which one should win? Which one's the coolest? Which one do you think stands out as construction story of the year? The finalists are the Montagny Base Tunnel. So this is the Telt team digging a 57-kilometer tunnel through a mountain in Europe. Huge, huge construction project with some incredibly inspiring uh, aspirations, ambitions, and digital tools. We've got the Northwest Outfall Project in Arizona, which is a really cool entry, all about a sewer upgrade. But the way they wrote it and put it together was really really fascinating they talked about how uh, you know sewage isn't sexy but so much went into this and what we're doing what we do to keep the world on track could be an inspiration for many many people so that's been entered by the northwest outfall team really cool innovation that helps solve a sewage problem in arizona uh, to keep the city running without disturbing people really really cool entry uh, and then finally, uh, the US Capitol repainting where Scaffold Resource, which is a uh, Maryland-based company, sorry, Maryland-based company, used robotics to restore an American landmark, the US Capitol. Incredibly impressive project. Um, really incredibly interesting project. Really high pressure. It's the US Capitol. The working hours are 10 p.m. till 6 a.m. on a good day. You've got loads of pressure, loads of security, they were bold. They became the first team in America to use this uh, automated lift bot robotic system to uh, assist them with the scaffold construction. Really cool, really innovative. That one really speaks to the pressure that teams are under in construction worldwide and the innovation that's going on in the industry right now. So, guys, go and have a look at these. The article uh, shortlisting all the entries there, uh, summarizing all the entries on the shortlist there, is up on the b1m.com. As I said, we've got the huge tunnel through the Alps, the Montagny Base Tunnel, the Northwest Outfall Sewage Project in Arizona, which is better than it sounds, I assure you, uh, and the U.S. Robotics, uh, so sorry, the U.S. Capital repainting using robotics to restore that American landmark. Go and have a look. Let us know your favourite. Get your comments coming in, and we're going to announce the winner on the 16th of November. So exciting times ahead, right? Mm. Mm. Very good, mate. Very mm. good. Without Brilliant that- stories there, mate. They are good. I was going to ask yeah. you which ones which ones are you guys leaning to? Obviously, I can't comment because I'm a judge. Probably the US Capital one. Probably. For me. The robots. US Capital. Come on. Doesn't get more 2023 than that, does it? Uh, yeah, Liam. <laughs> what you what is Liam a judge? Is Liam judging or no, right. mate? Wouldn't let Liam near that? Goodness me. But- <laughs> All right. Well, Liam, where's where's your vote going, mate? Where's your vote going? Uh, probably the robots as well, mate. Oh, actually, I like, I like the tunnel. <laughs> I'm not going to comment. Just good to get your feedback. Good to get your feedback, yeah. guys. Let us actually, know actually, who you sorry, think should no, win. I like, I like oh, the on. tunnel. Go on. I do like the tunnel. I think they should win it. Yeah, fair enough. Thanks yeah. for that, mate. Um, guys, let us know who you think should win. Get your comments coming in, podcast at the B1M.com. <laughs> Talking about comments coming in, what's the inbox looking like, Mr. Luke Bly? So as per usual, we've got uh, we, we've got a busy inbox, but it's just the one email today uh, that we're going to be reading out. It's from Alexander Kopp. Okay, have you guys read this? Have you read Alexander's email, Liam or Fred? Because this is really funny. I want to know, but I need to know if you've read it. 
No. No? Ring a bell? No. Ring a bell? No. Okay. All right. Sorry, this, Alex. <laughs> this is titled Letter from a Fan Who May Have Hearing Problems. Hello, Fred, Luke, and Liam. Thank you so much for the great weekly poddy and fantastic banter. From Prince Albert and Kyle over to Mr. Garlic and your quizzes. Your discussions always put an enormous smile on my face. Others in the bus or train might think I'm crazy. I'm always looking forward to Thursday. However, I have a peculiar question. Get ready for this, lads. Where is this going? <laughs> Get ready. You will not believe it. Yeah. And this this relates back to something that I said a long time ago. Liam made fun of me for saying, right? But I'm going to say this. This person goes on to say, I can hardly distinguish Luke from Liam by their beautiful voices. Am I the only one with this problem? Or is it due to the fact that I'm neither British nor from down under? Nevertheless, love your content and thank you for being such great lads. Your Alexander. Um, yeah, Luke and Liam, apparently. Two peas in the pod, mate. What, what, what are we going to say about that, Liam? What are going to say about that, mate? Well, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Our, yeah. Right. When when someone yeah when someone Mate, from you have a Cockney accent you pronounce <laughs> words completely wrong yeah not too bad man you say yeah. Porsche instead of Porsche you say oh, aquatic mate. instead of aquatic aquatic are you aquatic. winding me up you aquatic aquatic <laughs> aquatic it's aquatic. <laughs> That's such a random way to pronounce it. Well, um, I've said before on the show that linguistically our accents are pretty similar. So the Aussie accent, New Zealand accent is derivative of the estuary accent, Cockney accent. So maybe that's why, mate. And maybe this is just uh, proof in the pudding. Maybe this is just backing it up. Who knows? Who knows? What do you think? Right? Whenever, whenever I go to America, people always ask if I'm Australian. If unless no, they get British, they, they go. Yes, they do. I mean, I, I suppose a lot of Americans would think British people speak really posh, like Fred, and that's how British <laughs> people speak. <laughs> Fred. I'm not having that. I'm going to take no lectures on that. I have I, the one person. Posh, I tell you, his voice he's not confused by international YouTube legend Fred Mills. The David Amber of construction, as I've been called on many occasions. No problem with my voice. Who are these two grifters on the side? Yeah, who are these? Who are these two? Barnacles on the bottom of the boat. I tell you. Cheeky <laughs> <laughs> git. Uh, if anyone's wondering, no. listening along on an audio medium, uh, Liam's head has indeed got shinier as this podcast has gone along. <laughs> oh mate, it's hot. I was, I was, I was ready to take my shirt off about twenty minutes ago. Oof. Oh goodness me! Don't say that. Oh. Listeners are getting listeners in the right stir. <laughs> yeah, listeners will go crazy. Shut this guy's to a podcast. Goodness me! Goes oh. the roof. Anyway, guys, let us. Uh, well, get, is, that, is that is that it in terms of inbox this week? Yeah, that's that's it for this week. Just for time, we have got more stuff, but just for time, like the other ones are big boys, so we're saving those for future episodes. Yeah, Apparently as in not. the actual content of <laughs> the email, so... not like. Yeah. So many emails. We've read them right up here all day. We're just inundated with it. Well, I bet we've got no more emails, have we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are more. I've seen more. I've seen lots of stuff coming in. <laughs> 
guys let us know what you thought about this episode get your comments coming in all about the uh brand inspired car brand inspired skyscrapers you too i'm sorry bono if you're listening mate i really am sorry just maybe you know hang up the guitar and have a rest now uh london tunnels oman's vast city oman's vast city uh and the construction story of the year and lots of other stuff we talked about on the way through uh which was which was good fun uh, including Liam conflating Bentley, Bugatti, and Aston Martin at different points in the episode. It's late here, mate. It's like 10 p.m. Yeah. Long yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. Looks hot yeah. and sweaty as well where you are. Mm. Anyway, get your comments coming in. Podcast at the B1M.com. And don't forget, guys, this episode was sponsored by Bluebeam, and you can get that free 30 day trial over at bluebeam.com. Give us your feedback. Give us your reviews. Uh, please keep listening and we'll see you next week. You want me to do it again? Porsche? 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 Oh, I, thought is it? It? I thought it was a Porsche. It's a Porsche. I think yeah. it's a Porsche. It's Porsche. Porsche. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. Porsche. Yeah. it's a Porsche. We can have that debate. Let's have that debate on the podcast in a minute. Yeah, let's do it on the potty. Wow. We are on the potty.